please check out the podcast on Recover Parts 1, 2, and 3 first so you can follow the flow. Advanced Life Support, otherwise known as ALS, includes administration of drugs, defibrillation, and open chest CPR after basic life support, or BLS, has been initiated. In a study by Hoffmeister and all, published in 2009, return of spontaneous circulation may be as high as 50% in dogs and cats suffering from cardiopulmonary arrest if rapid CPR with BLS and ALS is instituted. After initiating BLS, many of us have questions about administration of certain drugs and their doses, treatment of certain rhythms associated with cardiopulmonary arrest, and when to perform open chest CPR. These were the questions that Rosansky and all wanted to address in this section of the Recover Initiative. Like the other sections of this project, specific questions were developed to address these issues and examine the evidence to come up with guidelines. Some of the most important issues they addressed were the use of vasopressin and vagolytic therapy. For most of us, epinephrine and atropine are the two most common drugs used in an arrest situation. Some people may be aware of the high versus low dose epinephrine, or epi, debate in human medicine. In veterinary medicine, the dose of epi that we use is often the high dose, which is 0.1 mg per kg. Rosansky and all actually recommend using low dose epi, 0.01 mg per kg, based on studies in humans and experimental dogs where worse outcomes were associated with the high dose. So low dose, again 0.01 mg per kg of epinephrine should be given and can be repeated every three to five minutes. If you can't get vascular access, don't forget to try the intraosseous route. Epi can be given at the high dose intratracheally via a catheter. You want to ideally deliver the epi to the level of the crina. Atropine and vasopressin can also be given intratracheally. One of the newer arrest drugs is vasopressin. Vasopressin, or ADH, antidiuretic hormone, is a hormone that works as a potent non-adrenergic vasoconstrictor during circulatory shock. While there isn't a lot of evidence yet in veterinary medicine, vasopressin may be beneficial in some arrests, including those with asystole, prolonged cardiopulmonary arrest, or hypovolemia. The recommended dose is 0.8 units per kg IV, and it can be given with or without epinephrine. Atropine is another drug that we frequently use in CPR, although Rosansky and all note that we don't have a lot of evidence for its use. They do mention that it is reasonable to use in patients with high vagal tone and subsequent bradycardia or asystole, and I think that many of us have used it in this fashion to try to prevent cardiopulmonary arrest. A number of other less commonly used drugs were also investigated by Rosansky and all, and they concluded that antiarrhythmics, steroids, naloxone, buffer therapy, like sodium bicarbonate, treatment of electrolyte disturbances, and calcium should not be used routinely unless a clear indication exists. ALS also includes defibrillation, which is always exciting. As you'll remember, the purpose of defibrillation is to terminate a cardiac arrhythmia and it's indicated for patients with ventricular fibrillation or pulseless ventricular tachycardia. Rosansky and all recommended that defibrillation, preferably biphasic, be used for ventricular fibrillation immediately if the duration of CPA, or cardiopulmonary arrest, is less than four minutes, and that defibrillation follow a cycle of CPR if you think the arrest has been going on for longer than four minutes. Escalating energy cycles can be used for patients that don't respond. In other words, turning up the jewels. Remember to yell clear and keep your team members safe.
If your closed chest CPR isn't working and you're considering open chest CPR in your arrested patient, it's important to remember that a number of resources, including advanced post-return of spontaneous circulation care, are required. The recommendations in Recover Part 4 are that open chest CPR should be implemented immediately for cases of significant intrathoracic disease, for example, attention pneumothorax or pericardial effusion. A new device being investigated in CPR is the Inspiratory Impedance Threshold Device, or ITD. If you do happen to have one, you can use your ITD during CPR in patients greater than 10 kgs, although lung disease is a contraindication. Check out our podcast on ITDs for more information on this. Lastly, the authors recommend that patients that arrest under anesthesia should be aggressively resuscitated as they have the highest rates of return of spontaneous circulation and survival. Overall, the RECOVER study is an excellent framework for veterinary CPR. The lack of veterinary medicine-based evidence is obvious, and hopefully these areas will garner more research in the future. So what can we take away from RECOVER Part 4? This part of the RECOVER initiative covers ALS and addresses some of the newer ideas in veterinary CPR, including the use of low-dose epinephrine, vasopressin, and ITDs. In conclusion, we should change our epinephrine dose to the low dose, 0.01 mg per kg, consider vasopressin, and give atropine if indicated. Defibrillation should be employed with ventricular fibrillation or pulseless ventricular tachycardia after a cycle of CPR if the rest has been going on for more than four minutes. An open chest CPR should be considered in cases of thoracic compromise or disease. This study is the first to extensively evaluate CPR in veterinary medicine and gives us some excellent guidelines to ensure we are all providing the standard of care when it comes to CPR. 